I'm here. I'm ready to go. It's Friday. There's a cat pacing around. Cup of coffee. It's dark out. I don't like this dark out. It's dark. I should be asleep. Hold on. In three, two, one. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Today is Friday, October 11th, 2019. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. There's still nothing like that first sip of coffee. Other things become disappointing over time. Other things become normalized. But for some reason, the first sip of coffee is, unless it's bad coffee, is always awesome. I don't know why. It just is. Well, yesterday was incredibly productive to the point where by the end of the day, I'd really done all of my work. And even the things from today that I could do. And even some of the things from Monday. It was crazy. So I, I hung out. I was at the co-working space, did all my work. And then I watched YouTube videos. I never do that. It was great. I sat there for like an hour. Uh, then went over to the gym, went to a class at, at the CrossFit gym and just had a good and productive day and caught up on email and yeah, things are working pretty well. So today's not gonna be like that. I've got phone calls and meetings and places I gotta be at specific times and very little room in between to do anything. However, however, that's okay because I got most of what I needed to do done yesterday. Ah. Uh, what's going on this weekend? Um, spending some time dog sitting for some friends, helping another friend at a catering gig tomorrow, family stuff on Sunday, Stacy, those are good days. Uh, probably go to the gym somewhere in there. It'll be a busy weekend, but it should be a good weekend. There's not a lot left growing outside. There's some, there's some kale, there's some beets. The beets I don't think are gonna grow much more. The kale does okay in the cold, but at least they're both cold tolerant, so. I'll probably grab those beets soon. Beats are good, especially beats that you just pulled out of the ground. I'm about to pull some questions out of this tablet. There's a transition for you. Oh, before we do, I want to officially recognize Frank, the gentleman who's been asking questions for months now. He's officially the deputy, well, no, we're gonna give him a better title than that. Uh, the assistant producer. We're gonna call him assistant producer here for First Cup. Uh, we, we've exchanged some emails over the last couple days. I hinted at this yesterday, and he has accepted, and he's he's now part of the show. So welcome to Frank. Thank you, Frank, for all that you've done already. 
And one of the things he asked, the first thing he asked about implementing that I said, absolutely, he, he's a joker. Um, if, you didn't, if you didn't know that about him, he likes asking joke or uh, uh, likes making jokes. And he said, could I do a joke every Friday? I said, absolutely. He wanted to just drop it in the comments, which he's done, but I'm gonna read them. The joke for fun day Friday. The other day I sneezed really hard, and while I didn't break any bones, there was some tissue damage. <laughs> I love these jokes. He's he's got like the sweet spot in jokes. Like they're 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 like the right amount of silly. You know, they're kind of like they're kind of that almost that dad joke line. I dig them. All right. I have heard from other martial artists that often students who struggle early on learn resilience. Is this true? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think resilience... I think people look at resilience as a response to going through hard times, but it isn't necessarily. It's a skill set. It's, it's, a, it's a coping mechanism. It's an understanding that you have to be diligent, you have to persist. And there are a lot of people who, when they experience difficult times, just remove themselves from it. Now, of course, there are plenty of times where you should remove yourself from things. There are difficult things that aren't worth going through. They're not necessary. They're not uh, helpful. You know, if I, I, if we worked in an office together and every time you walked by, smacked you in the back of the head, that's not dealing with that isn't building resilience. That's just allowing me to be a jerk or a bully. But martial arts is really difficult for people. And, you know, I think back to some of the people that I've known who've really had hard times when they've started martial arts. Quite often, those people were either very uncoordinated, unathletic, or overweight, or maybe even both. And... Once they get through, if they get through that kind of initial phase, those are some of the best students I've seen. Because they've learned to correlate their effort with their results. And when they face something else difficult, they seem to be insulated, it's not the right word, but they seem to be less troubled by going through other difficult things, especially in their training. Now, I can't think of, of individuals in that way that I knew well enough outside that I'm gonna make the, the sweeping generalization that they were more resilient outside of their training, but I can't see why they wouldn't be. I don't know if you can hear that, but that's the cat in her litter box. It's very loud. She's scraping. You know, resilience is a word that we don't talk about much within martial arts, but it, it's it's an important thing. It's important to be, to feel resilient. And resilient can be mental, it can be physical. The idea that you can take some hits, some damage, and keep going. It's important. I've also heard that 
Students who struggle and work hard can also make good teachers because they learn their art more deeply. Is this congruent with your experience? Um, I'm gonna say yes, but not for that reason. In my experience, it's not because they learn their art more deeply. It's because they learn what it's like to struggle and that being able to empathize with that makes them a better teacher. I've worked with teachers in and out of martial arts, people who've instructed all sorts of things, who have a tremendous amount of skill and an innate ability. And they sometimes become very frustrated when you don't pick up what they're putting down quickly as they would. And they don't have, you know, a bucket of ways to try and teach it to you. The reason I think teaching anything is so important to your own education in the subject is because the more people you teach, the more you realize that there are different ways to teach the same thing. And as you teach those different things, you develop a better understanding of what you're teaching. So I, I'm, I'm mostly agreeing with the question or the, the assertion of the question, but not for the same reasons. When I think of the best martial arts instructors I know, like I'm thinking of somebody right now who is the most amazing instructor I've known with children. He helped raise children, stepchildren. Um, he didn't have biological children of his own. And one of the ways that he kind of filled that void was by having that much more compassion when he worked with younger children in his martial arts school. When I think about, there's somebody I, I, I know who is a very passionate martial artist, but was in a severe car accident and is in a wheelchair. And her ability to understand and explain what's going on in movements, in forms, is amazing. So those are two examples of people who took the took the gap, took the, the struggle, the challenge. And as they moved through it themselves, developed a skill that they could pass on to others. So that's what I think happens. When I think about my time as an instructor, you know, whether it was, you know, when I had my own school or when I, when I'm guest instructing at somewhere, seminar or whatever. I tend to be pretty high energy. I tend to be, at least I try to be funny. I try to be entertaining because I learned how challenging it was to stay engaged and to learn with some of the instructors I've had who were not entertaining, who were not engaged, who were not funny. 
and that's become uh, part of my teaching style. So, yeah. One more. Don't forget, you can drop questions below. I'll answer them on Monday. Like answering questions. The more questions we get, the better. What do you think are the top three martial arts books of all time? I don't ask the questions about books and movies and actors much anymore. But if you go way, way back, back when I was not a very good interviewer on martial arts radio, you will see that I followed this very set structure. And three of the questions were, what's your favorite martial arts book? Who's your favorite martial arts actor? What's your favorite martial arts movie? And so from the first like 150 episodes, maybe even 200, we had a lot of responses. And I even did the data analysis at one point, added it all up. And the top martial arts books, the top two from what I recall, were Zen and the Martial Arts and the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. No big surprises there. Zen and the Martial Arts is my favorite martial arts book of all time. It's the one I started reading, it was probably six. And the philosophy in that book, in hindsight, had a tremendous influence on who I am as a human being, as a martial artist, my views on combat and training. I mean, there's a, there's a lot in there. And if you're someone who doesn't do well with sitting down reading long books, it's organized into these nice, neat chapters. There are photos and references to some of the greatest martial artists of all time because the author, Joe Hyams, was a friend of Bruce Lee and everybody else that was really great back then. So you might want to check that book out. Of course, Tao Jeet Kune Do is Bruce Lee's most famous work. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, it was organized from his notes after his passing. He did not sit down and write it as a single manuscript. Um, I don't know that I've read it all the way through. Maybe, I don't remember. If I did, I was a teenager. I haven't read it recently. Uh, third, I don't, read a lot, I don't read a lot of martial arts books. People send them to me, I read some of them. I'm not gonna throw it out and, and say definitively it's, it's a top martial arts book of all time, but one that people might wanna consider reading is, uh, and I'm thinking about this because I was talking about him yesterday and then commented about him yesterday. Um, oh. um, I'll be right back. Um, Lewis Martin's The True Believers, which um, had Louis on, and basically that book is about being in a martial arts school that was a cult. And it's a really interesting book, it's an entertaining book, and what I like about it, the reason I'm suggesting that you might want to check it out, um, I derive no benefit from it, I, I don't even know that I can call Louis a friend. We're friendly. He's a nice guy. Um, it 
talks a lot about the psychology of, of ego. And the more you understand about that, the better you can watch out for the wrong kind of instructors. So I'm going to throw that out there as, as, as a book to consider. It's also one of the book, uh, martial arts books I read most recently. So there's your three. Yeah, good questions today, Frank. There was something else that, that popped up that I answered, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat it here. Because I know not everybody goes to the YouTube page to look at the comments. Uh, this came in from Gabe yesterday. I don't mean to be mean to be rude or offensive in any way, but some schools get so carried away with rank and promotions that I've seen young black belts with lots of colored tape, like 10 stripes on each side. And my reply, yes, it definitely happens. Stripes can signify different things in different schools. And I've definitely seen schools that can maintain high standards and good culture and still encourage rank promotion, but that is not what I see typically. not about rank. Rank is a consequence. It is a symptom. Not the goal, not the drive, not the cause. At least it shouldn't be. If it is, you're probably missing out. Homework coming in a moment. Don't forget, subscribe, turn on notifications. We've got a new episode of Who'd Win coming very soon. And if you're not subscribed, you're not going to see it. You want to ask me a question drop it below or you can email me jeremy at whistlekick.com we do the show every weekday morning 6 30 a.m eastern right here on youtube you can catch it later at firstcupofjeremy.com or in your audio feed we upload them a, i don't know weekly now your homework I want you to think back on your early days of your training. Maybe you're still in your early days of training. And I want you to think about your earliest days of training. How did they shape you? How did what you experienced as a new martial artist affect who you are in and out of your training? I know for me, I started really young. I became really comfortable with structure, with being in, at the time, the dojo, with wearing a gi, wearing a belt, doing things in front of people. Public speaking now is not a big deal for me. As you might imagine, here I am drinking coffee in my bathroom, in front of the world. How did it affect you? You can feel free to comment below or just keep it to yourself. I will see you back here on Monday. I hope you have a fantastic, amazing, wonderful weekend. Take care. Peace.